He's been gone for more than two and a half months. We should have played that song. Guess who's back? Back again. Lundy's back. Tell a friend. My dear friend, Tim Lundy, a man who lives for the outdoors, having to, sp- having to spend the last two and a half months indoors. How are you doing, sir? I'm much better now that the mountains are open. <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> I'm okay. I've, I've spent uh, my days in studio indoors. I am safe and trying to keep safe as long as possible. But I am too glad that there are parts of the city where we can go out and walk alone, distanced from each other. In nature, I was getting a bit tired of the morning walks just around my block, but now I'm quite happy that we can now start taking advantage of city parks and and and, and Cape Nature just to uh, to stretch our legs and uh, get some of that oxygen again. You know, they say you don't appreciate things until they're gone. And that couldn't be more true about the mountains and about nature. I actually, yesterday did my first walk, I decided I'm not going to do the Monday mad rush. Uh, I was going to wait a while and then I did the Elson Trail just start off because these legs had been sitting around for two and a half months doing nothing. So I thought um, take it easy and do a light hike. Mm. And man, it was so nice to just be out there. I've never enjoyed that trail so much to smell the, the plants and see the beautiful flowers and, and just to look up and see that mountain yeah, it's uh, quite amazing how we miss things when they take it away from us. Now, before we get into to the hiking that is now allowed to us, I want to know, for the last two months, have you been sort of putting up obstacles in your backyard, you know, so you could walk <laughs> a little bit of a gradient? I see some people have done marathons all around the uh, the, the yards, through property. the out through the properties. Have you been doing something similar or you've just been enjoying the TV? I've, no, I've been enjoying the TV way too much, but I also um, had joined up with um, the Sports Science Institute. They've got an app that you can use on your phone, and I had a, a coach that was basically putting me through a training program, and um, I need to actually get back into that again as well. But uh, three times a week, I was just giving me a routine of exercises to go through just to keep, and I think I'm fitter now than I actually was before COVID started, um, which is great news. So tried Elson and, and I, I kept walking and I walked much further than I normally would mm. and felt that I could carry on going but realized I was running out of time. So I'm definitely keen to, to hit the mountains and, and um, start hiking again. Tim obviously takes your calls on any hiking-related questions. If you have any of them, give us a call, 021-446-0567, or drop us a WhatsApp, 072-567-1567. Usually, Tim, we would start off uh, this interview having a uh, safety report, uh, incident report. I guess not much, much of that has been happening in the last few weeks, has there? No, luckily they haven't. But I mean, I've spoken to Sand Fox Rangers and they actually said to me that a lot of people were being caught on the mountains. Mm. And we did have one or two incidents, um, but one of them was on Monday. Um, So, yeah, I think now this week and and next week and maybe this weekend, it's going to get busy again as people venture out into the mountains again and and, uh, start going out and doing their their favorite trails again. Mm. So where exactly are people allowed to hike? Um, Cape Nature Parks, there you say that they are open. How much of uh, the Table Mountain National Park is is available to hikers? 
So, basically, the whole controversy was over the weekend when the Minister of Tourism, I believe it was, had said that hiking was now allowed um, come 1st June. Unfortunately, Sam Parks fall under, and Cape Nature fall under the Department of Environment. So it wasn't really tourism's baby to release, you know, full. So Sandbox had to go through a whole process of trying to actually find out whether their bosses would actually allow the mountains to be opened again. And luckily, come Sunday, they went through lots of meetings and stuff and finally came up with a decision that, yes, they will, Sandbox will open, but what they won't open is the paid point. So your cap point is closed, mm. um, silver mine is closed, and boulders is closed. And the reason for that is that you've got human interaction between their staff and between people who are using the parks. Um, and again, so that your risk factor now goes up again. Mm. So, but in terms of walking, and I mean, I can say with myself being um, out yesterday, I'm felt very comfortable walking and not coming close enough to people. You know, if people were coming but too close to me, I would then just move off to the side mm. um, to make sure that we give each other a wide berth. Um, you know, you, you just, you don't know. That's the horrible thing about this virus. We just don't know. So just use common sense and, and uh, stay away from each other. But I find Cape Nature as well, and Cape Nature have said that they are closed completely mm. until further notice. Um, and I got that information two days ago, so I don't know if they've changed it yet, but um, two days ago I got somebody from Cape Nature to phone me and they said absolutely they are closed for the simple reason that a lot of their places are overnight mm. and also a lot of their parks are interaction between the staff mm. and between um, guests. Um, and they they want to prepare properly and get themselves mm. ready um, so that they can prepare properly and keep everyone safe, keep their staff, their staff safe, as well as themselves. Well, I'm, I'm thinking of a place like like Ritfley. You can go walk, you know, all the way to the birders' huts, uh, where yes. regularly you don't see that many people there, unless um, some of the more serious birders are there. But I would think that should be allowed open because uh, just stretches the legs. There's not many people in those areas, and it's nothing that um, is, uh, is is in fact a safety risk. In, in that yeah. type of area? Look, two routes that I would say definitely avoid um, because of safety. One of them is Lion's Head because the path is very narrow in certain places where you are forced to sort of push past people mm. or almost have bodily contact, which really is not a good idea, at, you know, as, as COVID stands at the moment. Um, and the fact that they've got metal ladders, they've got metal chains, and we do know the one thing about COVID is that it can live on metal for quite some time. Mm. And if you've got people going up and down those ladders with their bare hands spreading, it's just... Mm. So Lion's Head, as far as I know, is open, um, but I would just avoid it like like the plague mm. <laughs> or like the COVID-19. <laughs> um, and the other one is Placoclip. And so those two routes are the busiest in Cape Town. And so I would just avoid them as best as possible because you are forced on many occasions, not just once or twice, but many occasions on both of those routes to come into close contact with people, even if you've got a mask on.
Um, uh, that was uh, what I was going to ask. How is it walking with a, a mask? I, I'm not a runner. I, I'm a walker. I've become a walker. Um, I find difficulty breathing with a mask. Yeah. How is it hiking with a mask? So the walk I did yesterday, I didn't feel too bad with it. Um, I haven't shaved in a while, so that was quite irritating. Um, but what I did realize is I did a video um, that I put up on my, my Facebook page. And when I played the video back, I noticed that my breathing was almost sounded like I was going uphill. Hmm. Then I realized it wasn't me going uphill. It was just me trying to breathe through the damn mask um, and talking and walking at the same time. So it, there have been reports for people that it does actually lab your, your breathing. And it's not suggested if you're going to go running or anything like that where you're going to be taking in a lot of air. It's like putting a big filter over your mouth. Hmm. That, that is going to re- restrict the amount of oxygen that's going to be going into your lungs. So, look, it's not going to kill you, but it's going to definitely um, slow things down. It, it's uncomfortable, let's put it that way. And I found yesterday there were times when I looked ahead of me and I looked behind me, there was nobody in sight. I then took the mask off <laughs> because I knew I wasn't going to be, you know, then it's just more comfortable. Mm. But as soon as I saw somebody coming towards me, mask goes back on and keep a wide berth and them and, and walk on. Now, it's been two and a half months since uh, we've not been able to do much uh, physical activity. People who were uh, intermediate or, or regular walkers now want to get back into uh, their stride. What, what sort of hikes should we be starting off with now after a two-month break? Well, look, I think, you know, again, when I started yesterday's walk, which uh, the elephant trail is a really flat and... Um, easy walk. It's really not uh, physically challenging at all. Um, so I wanted to just see for my own good how I managed with that and from there then move up to the next thing and eventually start hitting trails like um, Skeleton Gorge or Castile's Port where we're now walking up to the back table up to where the dams are and stuff like that. Some people will be comfortable with that kind of thing straight off the bat. Um, I would rather slowly get myself back into it. Two and a half months of not doing that regular kind of exercise takes its toll on your leg. So unless you've been doing regular running around the garden, then I would say just take it easy. Don't, don't uh, push yourself too hard. And of course, if you've had um, COVID-19 and you've have recovered, you obviously want to start living uh, healthier, getting to the stride of things. But also that should come with a warning as well, because not only scientists are, are finding it's not only for those two weeks that you are sick. It could have you know, major implications on, on other parts of, of your Absolutely. body. So people should be taking time to get into a fitness routine and maybe not go for all-out hike just yet. Maybe just start around uh, the block of, of where you live. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Just take it take it easy. The mountains, are, you know, everybody was saying, are you coping with the fact that you're in lockdown and you can't be on the mountains? The one thing I kept on telling myself is that once this is over, the mountain's still going to be there because they're billions of years before we came along. It's going to be there for a lot longer after we're mm-hmm. gone. So, you know, there's no major rush to get back to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just take it easy. To do, do what's comfortable. If it starts to feel like you are pushing it too much, don't do it. Because 
you end up, we'll, I'll end up having to come and get you with a whole bunch of people <laughs> to come and get you off the mountain. If you have some questions for Tim on how to get your body ready for hiking after two month uh, lockdown, uh, give us a call 021-446-0567. Drop us that WhatsApp 072-567-1567. Getting your body back in shape to tackle the mountains here around us. So there are restrictions, Tim, on the the times in which people can hike. I think it's from six in the morning to five in the evening. And it seems about correct because you don't want people to, to be on the mountain when the sun starts going down. And that's around about that four o'clock, five o'clock time of the afternoon. Yeah, look, at this time of the year, the, you know, it's starting to sit um, a lot, lot sooner and get darker a lot sooner. But yeah, the times are six in the morning till six in the evening. Um, and the rangers are sticking to it, so they are making sure that people are off the mountain. Um, it's for their safety, it's for everyone's safety, and it's just, just yeah, don't spend more than you need to be on the mountain. If you if you need to be off the mountain, make sure by 4 o'clock you are now making your return journey to get off the mountain so that you're off the mountain before 6 o'clock, because if you're not and the rangers do catch you, they are going to find you. Mm. They, they, unfortunately, look, they are the kind of police at the moment for the mountains and they need to do their job. They don't want to, from what I've heard from the rangers, they don't want to find anybody. Um, but if you're going to just blatantly mm. ignore the rules, then they're going to, and they're just doing their job. They really are not out there to try and make our lives more difficult and and, um, and pleasant. But, um, you know, they need to, they need to, um, get people mm. off the mountains after six o'clock. Heather in Newlands has called in. How are you doing, Heather? Hey, oh my word, you two men go so well together. Mr. Lundy, <laughs> I love you. I've got your books. I've got, got everything <laughs> of you. You are such a wise man. You know, I'm a retired nursing sister and I have walked for more than 40 years on the mountain. I'm now elderly. But tomorrow I'm going for the first time for a walk and I'm taking my char with me. Nice. Because I have two bolsterous Labradors and I am just frightened that I'm going to be knocked over or they are going to be so excited and get a smell and one of them runs off and doesn't come back. And I'm, yeah. I, I just can't believe my, it's our luck. I think we must now all appreciate this mountain is never going to go away in spite of this virus. But now with this long gap, I appreciate it more as I get older. I'll tell you one thing you should do, which I did yesterday, is, and I, I walked on my own. Um, and it was in an area that is very populated, so uh, I didn't feel at all unsafe. Um, so and I had my bag with me, and I'd often stopped and took photographs and just took a moment to actually just appreciate what we have around us. I think sometimes we forget the beautiful things that we've got in Cape Town, especially on the mountains, and the fact that it's open for everyone to oh, it's yeah. there for everyone to enjoy. You know, um, uh, my my, fr- my lady that helps me on a Friday, she lives in, in a very poor background. And the first mm. time I took her up there a few years ago, she said, 
I've never been up here. I never knew this existed right behind your house. Yeah. And she doesn't know, but she'll be here at 7 o'clock tomorrow morning, but I'm I'm organized. We'll be up there, and we'll only walk for about 40 minutes, and that'll be enough, because uh, that is, you know, I've just been walking with, helping with my neighbors, walking my uh, boisterous dogs down Campground Road. They're not used to this. They're they're used to running, you know, free. Um, Tell me if I I can jump in here. Walking with dogs at the moment, uh, is that allowed? I know people are going to be wondering about safety. Mountains are are quiet. It could be a bit of a a risk. Are you still allowed to uh, take your, your dog along on these hikes? Yeah, you are. I mean, when I did the, uh, was part of the rescue on Monday, the Constantia uh, Corners, Cecilia Forest, was absolutely teeming with dogs and humans, and I think everyone was just so happy to get out. And I mean, the dogs were all wagging tails and, and loving it. And yeah, I mean, it, it's they must. I know my dog has missed being out and being able to go for walks as well. So take them but um, obviously if rangers require that you have permits then definitely take permits but obviously you take a leash as well um, we actually did stop and ask a guy with three go things to please just put them when he sees a vehicle coming up um, the road to just put them back on the leash Tim a whatsapp here that asks hi Tim hi Lester when do you think overnight hiking will be allowed yeah so that's a question in everyone's mind now. Um, I've got September, I've got the fish of a canyon, and I'm not sure that it's going to happen, A, because we've got to cross the border, and B, because it's an overnight. Um, and I've, I've got a couple of other trails that are lined up that are now kind of all in limbo. And I'm really not sure that it's not going to, I don't think it's going to happen in level three, possibly level two. And, I, yeah, I think they just play it by ear. You've got to remember that this is the first time any of us have ever done this. And, I mean, I wouldn't want to be in government right now trying to sort this mess out and, and try and figure out exactly what's the right and wrong thing to do. Many things could happen. You come across someone who's um, who's struggling, um, needing some attention, not knowing their health status. It's, it's this bold new world that we mm. now have to encounter. Do you approach the person? The person's not wearing a mask. I don't know if this person is asymptomatic or not. As a as someone who works in 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 in, in search and rescue, how would you confront a situation like this, Tim? So we in search and rescue, there is definitely protocols in place that we are having to go through in terms of um, keeping each other safe from each other because we all coming from our own homes and stuff. So, again, you don't know who is infected or been exposed or not. Mm. Um, and you're going to a situation, it, it, it is kind of like what the nurses and doctors are having to go through, that it is a, a risk that we take. And we basically take as many precautions as possible. So we're all wearing masks. The whole time that we were on the rescue on Monday, everyone was keeping their distance as best as possible from each other. And I think if you come across somebody that is in trouble, 
Uh, I think you need a discretion. You need to find out if it's a sprained ankle, you can keep your distance. Um, if they need a jacket or warm, you can throw it to them. If you're not feeling safe to, to get close enough to them. And if you've got a spare mask, give them the mask um, to, to try and cover up. Because the masks often are, to, as they say, to protect others from you. Mm. Not, not the other way around. Not to protect you from others, but... You know, if you're infecting, you don't know it. It's stopping you infecting other people, potentially. So it is a tricky one that if you do come across somebody on a path that is in trouble, first, obviously, call for help. Um, find a spot where you can radio for help or call, or call on the cell phone for help and get them there and just try and keep that person warm, keep them encouraged if they are um, conscious. If they're not conscious... Mm. Again, it's a it's a very difficult situation that you've got to kind of weigh up the, the situation as it is and um, just be very, very careful. Mm. And, you know, your safety is paramount over everybody else's. You need to look after yourself first before you start looking after other people's safety. Tim, I hope uh, your season picks up, and in order to do so, you need people to come on, on board with uh, a, hike, a hike or two with you. How can people get hold of you? Yeah, so at the moment, uh, the one thing is that obviously we're not allowed to hike in groups. We are allowed to, and I've asked this question about what is what constitutes a group, and all I'm kind of coming up with is we know that a safe amount of people is four people mm-hmm. to walk on a, on a route. So I'm going with a minimum is four people, a maximum five people. Mm-hmm. Six is definitely a group and, and starting to get too big. So I would say between four and five is your ideal amount um, that, that you want to you want to you could with. of course walk separately together if you know what I'm what I understand what know what I mean yeah you could you could um, somebody did bring that question up with me the other day where I said you obviously can't walk in a group of 10 and then he came back and he said but what happens if you walk in two groups of five <laughs> that's fine but then make sure that those two groups do not come together mm. Um and again, rangers will be enforcing and law enforcement will be enforcing those mm. if they see everybody walking together. So I think it's just use discretion. Don't try and push the boundaries. The laws are there for your safety, for my safety. Let's just try and respect the laws. And yeah, let's just hope that this doesn't go on forever and ever, which I'm sure it won't. And it will eventually get to the point where we can get back to some sort of normality. Tim Lundy, our resident hiking ex- expert, back on air with us after a two-and-a-half-month break. Hopefully, sooner rather than later, we'll have him in studio. Tim, thanks so much.